Hey there, my name's Chris Rivers, and I'm here with Brad Wallbridge, and we want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Men at Grace podcast. Our goal in this episode is to help motivate and encourage men to take responsibility for the people and the situations that God brings into their lives. So be sure to check out our Men at Grace podcast page at gracechurchsc.org forward slash Men at Grace. On this page, you can access a summary and group leader questions to discuss with other men. So, Brad, why don't you introduce our guests and focus on today's episode? Yeah, Chris, good to see you. Today yep. we're focusing on the question, how should men think about leading the next generation? We're joined today by question. Matt Kelly and Davis Craig. Both of these men are heavily involved in leading the next generation here at Grace and are navigating this question regularly. So, yep. welcome to you guys. Glad you Hi, guys man. are here. Thanks for being here. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Matt, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do at Grace and then introduce us to Davis. Yep. Yeah, I have been at Grace for a little over 24 years. Came here with about 100 people when there were 100 people here. and. Wow. Straight out of college and um, came to be the worship leader. I lead worship still at campuses from time to time. I managed stuff with the worship team and then ultimately was working with our residents and our interns for years, mm-hmm. working directly with them. Now it's more of a management role, and I hand a lot of that off to Davis Craig, who's here with me this this afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Glad you're here, Davis. Um, so part of, like Mike Kelly said, part of my role is to help lead the effort that we have around um, recruiting, developing, discipling the next generation. I mean, it yeah. really is. It's the job title. job. So um, if you're between the ages of 18 and 26 and are mm-hmm. interested in ministry at our church, then odds are I, uh, I cross paths with you mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Why should we even care about yeah. leading the next generation? Well, the one one big thing that we thought about, I would say probably 15 years ago, is that as we were aging and we're getting mm-hmm. kind of aging out of some things, we realized that we wanted to have people under us coming to take responsibility and own things for our church. And it was a real intentional thing that we were like, we need, we don't want this to die with us. Yeah, uh, We want this thing to continue to move, which means we're going to have to take some real intentional steps to try to reach people that are going to want to be invested in the local church that are younger than us. Yeah. And so, I mean, our form was, let's see if we can try a summer internship. And that was our first stab at it. Okay. It was not great. And we had four the first year and they three of them quit and we ended <laughs> up with one. And so we were like, maybe we're not very good at this. But then we did just keep moving, and and over time it just continued to grow. But but it was really it was more birthed out of uh, we believe in the local church. Mm-hmm. We believe it does not need to stop with one generation. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for us to hopefully capture the next or the next generation with an idea of the local church in their lives and their input and what they need to contribute and. What does that look like going forward? Yeah, and that was that was a little bit of the why uh, from a church standpoint. Yeah, we wanted to do that. So you mentioned last time that we talked that our people feel very disconnected to this mm-hmm. and kind of even dissolved of a responsibility to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So why is that even important? I think a lot of times we can get so busy with what we're doing that we feel like we don't have time to do something, mm-hmm. or we feel like we're not quote, gifted in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I don't know about all that. Yeah. <laughs> I would say we all have things to offer. Um, it's it's one of these things where 
I can absolve myself from something because I have four young kids and I could say, I don't have time to do that. I'm doing this. I'm trying to develop this. But really, I would say one of the best things for your children is to see young people come in your house mm. yeah. and you spend time with them and you be with them until and you put your kids to bed and be like, hey, y'all got to go to bed. We got to deal with this young man tonight. He's going to be here with and we're going to work through something with him. He's going to stay till 1230. And we're going to do that. And that puts, that puts something on your children to, for you to see that, them to see the hospitality mm. that you really can't get anywhere else. I mean, I had a friend of mine a long time ago say, your children need to see, grow up under an environment where they see people coming in and out of your house all the time. Mm. And then just for no, just for different reasons, but like the impact that your children see from that, I'm just saying for those people that have children and it's not, it's not just for people that are married. I'm just saying yeah. in this scenario, that is something that I can quickly say, I'm raising my family. This is how I'm, this is what I'm responsible for. And we are, but then we absolve ourselves mm -hmm. from not reaching other people that are around us that you have wisdom for. Yeah. yeah. And so for our internships um, and Davis, correct me, we have some of our people live with people in homes, right? So right. when you were thinking about that years ago, was that kind of some of the, idea of what you wanted are young are these young 18 to 27 year olds that we're investing in we're discipling in this next generation we're leading this next generation did you want them to be in homes was that very strategic in the beginning or? you know I, I wish i could tell you it was yeah the, str the strategery yeah. was that we had so many interns mo coming not from here none yeah. of them were from our church yeah. and so they were coming from indiana and um, Alabama and Texas, and then they get here and they wouldn't know anybody. Yeah, and so we'd be like, "Oh, we could all put them in an apartment together," and that didn't sound like a great idea. Yeah, so we were like, "Why don't we give them opportunities to live with another family?" And it turned into be this thing. Yeah, where these interns would be like, I mean, at the end of the season, I'd be like, "Tell us your favorite part about the internship," and they'd be like, "Living with his family." Mm. I got to learn a completely different way of life. And they would say, I mean, all I know is living with my family. I mean, they're 20 years old. They've only yeah. lived with one family, which is great. And But they're like, I've, I've only figured that out, or I come uh, from a broken home. And I live with my mom, and my dad's not there, and I got to see this family operate this way. And it just gave a different perspective. It's changed now in the fact that we do have a lot of interns that have grown up in our church, and they're they now stay. And so some of them do stay at home, mm -hmm. but we still are very intentional about getting them around other views. And we give them work to do at night. We have them questions for them to do that. They got to work through with their parents. We're like, if you're going to live at home, there's work for y'all to do. We want to equip the parents to be able to lead them through that. Yeah. So, well, I know Brad's going to ask some of the how, but I mean, I think when we originally talked about this, you had mentioned that no matter what your age, there's always people that are two steps behind you or ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when we first talked about this, it made me start to think about what does it look like for me to calendar for my family, mm -hmm. having someone in my home where mm -hmm. I am inviting them into a relationship to our home so that my kids can see that. And I yeah. think that's some of what you were talking about. I don't know if you want to double tap on any of that. But. Yeah. I mean, I think our tendency sometimes is to think that we've aged out of something. Mm -hmm. You can think, I want to have that. Nobody wants to learn any of that from me anymore. Or I'm too old for that. And there are things. I mean, I've seen it with me with the interns now. There are things that I react that now I'm dad. And I wasn't, I didn't used to be dad. I used to be 
kind of cool. But now yeah. I have aged out of some of the things, which is why we need a Davis who's yeah. younger and more relevant and <laughs> young kids. And Davis's dad. Yeah, Davis. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm still like granddad or something like that. But then, um, you. but I will say, like for me, now there's new opportunities for mm-hmm. me. There's new opportunities for me. Um, we had a couple, two couples over the other night. They're in their late 20s, young kids, and it was a good opportunity for us to do that. At the same time, we went to dinner a while back with a couple that's 10 years ahead of us and just said, hey, we, we've got questions, yeah. and we, want to know, we need to know some things from you all. And they spoke into some things for us that night. And so them in their 50s, if they're not doing that, then who do I talk to? Mm-hmm. So they're building it to us and and teaching us some things to help us think through some things. And then I, in my 40s, get an opportunity to lead somebody in their late 20s. And hopefully people in those late 20s are leading. It's just, I just don't think you age out. Yeah. I think you always have something to offer on the front and on the back end. That's good. Yeah. Matt, when you were talking about having people in your home and it impacting your kids, mm-hmm. like how have you seen the impact whether it's conversations with your kids or their interactions with some of the people that you've had in your home, like how have you seen that impact your kids? Yeah. Well, I mean, selfishly, it shows my kids that our world is not all about us and them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to be honest with you. It's just that, Hey, um, I know you want to sit in here and watch TV with us tonight, but you're going to have to go to your room and you're going to, you're going to read a book for a little while. Cause we, we got a couple coming over and we're going to try to help them. Yeah. We're going to try to, work on some things. They've got some questions and we're going to do the best we can to work through some things with us. So the way that you serve them is you're going to go not be a distraction for us, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I think that's been good language for our family. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but, um, we've, we've been able to say, and they usually understand and they're like, okay. And they get to come out and interact with them and talk to them. And, when we see them at church, they'll be like, oh, that's that couple that came over the other night, or oh, that's that person, or oh, that's that young girl that mama had that walk with the other day. And um, they just get to see, and we talk to them about this is the way the church works, mm-hmm. is that we're we're all trying to do life together and build in, and we have people that build into us. And your part right now is um, you get to go to bed early mm-hmm. and not be a distraction, or you get to um, help us by Go and help put the other, our old ones, go put the young ones to bed so we can mm-hmm. do this, you know, just things like that. I think, I do think there is no replacement for having somebody in your home. There's something that happens when you, when you, do, I mean, I know that's a little bit of a different conversation, but yeah. there's something unique that happens to your whole family mm-hmm. that I think spiritual is happening that you're not even trying to happen. I just think it just is part of biblical hospitality. I think yeah. God's just working in all that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Davis, for you, because you, I mean, you came up through residency, right? I did. You think about the impact on you personally of people pouring out their lives and their time and their energy into you. And I know you're doing that now as a husband, as a dad, like you're doing that with your family and individually, but the impact that that has had on you that you can look back on, what what's that been like for you to think about? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I really have to go back to the beginning where I was just a college kid attending our Powersville campus and um, a family more or less kind of wrapped themselves around me and started to fill that role. And they just attend our Powersville campus. And I remember being on a walk um, one day with, uh, with this man, you know, he's, he could have been my dad. 
old enough to be my dad, and he just laid out for me some things in my life that I was asking him questions about. I was dating this girl. I knew it probably wasn't great. I mean, he spelled out for me, hey, this is how all this is probably going to go, just just so you know all that. <laughs> and at the time, I'm a you know arrogant 19, 20-year-old, and so I'm like, nah. <laughs> That's probably, he's probably not right about any of that. And then, you know, you fast forward a year and I'm like, man, he was right about all of that. Mm. And for me, that, that was an important moment because it's, um, it's solidified and it's cemented in my life, the value and importance of, um, of never foregoing that as a, someone in the younger generation for sure at that time. Mm -hmm. And so Matt Kelly's played a huge role in that for me since. And, and I've just known ever since that moment that, Oh, you can't, you can't afford to, to not have this. And so, I mean, it's a big reason why I am doing the job I'm doing now is mm -hmm. because even coming through our residency program and, um, and then coming on staff and doing some different things is that uh, it was such a, it played such a pivotal role in my um, faith and in my life that how could I not want to mm -hmm. continue being a part of that for other people? So it's been a big deal for me. Yeah. Yep. And you feel like, in through those experiences, there's been ways that you've been able to, I mean, over the years, be able to find purpose, like find purpose for yourself of like, this is, this is what I need to be doing as a man. This is why I need to be doing it. You see that in the lives of the men that have poured into you and how that's impacted you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, it's just, it's discipleship. I mean, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. that really is what it is, is that we are, we are trying to um, help each other grow to be more like Christ. And that's, that's just, that's what it is. And that's what men have done for me. Uh, men and women have done for me and my wife. And, um, I just makes it real easy to want to do that for other people. Yeah. You know, and I think the best of us can hear all of this and feel like I'm so busy. This is going to cause all kinds of disruption for me to create time or carve out space for me, my family, whoever, to have people in our home for me to pursue people, whatever that looks like there's, I just, I don't feel like I have the margin to do that. It's going to be disruptive. What, what do we say to, to men that are listening mm -hmm. about stepping into that and what that disruption needs to look like? You can say, absolutely. <laughs> it is going to be disruption. Yeah. I mean, they are going to call you at the most inopportune time. Yeah. You're going to get a call at 11 o'clock at night about something. So, I mean, it's just part of it. Yeah. I don't, I mean... I did it once to you, Matt Kelly. Yeah, I just say, man, it's just, it's fine. It's, but I mean, that's what, that's really what the church is all about, you know. And to be honest with you, I mean, it's just time, man. Yeah. It's sleep. You know, I mean, we, we've had somebody call us one night at 1130 and I called another pastor on staff and we went over to their house till 230 and worked on things and, you know, and in the end, it didn't go well <laughs> for even for, even for me in that moment. It didn't, it didn't go well, meaning um, they left the church, you know? So it was one of those where it just kind of didn't pay out. But it didn't mean that we didn't have something to offer in that moment and we didn't want to um, try to shepherd them through that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it is going to be at very opportune times and things that aren't, aren't the most. Um, it doesn't work on your timetable, I can tell you that. Yeah. So for us to do this well, what does our mindset have to be? as men, as we're stepping into this, I mean, thinking about a guy that's listening to this that has not even taken a single step or has maybe taken a couple of steps and they see all that ahead. What does the mindset got to be 
as they step into all this. It's, it's part of what we're called to do. I yeah. mean, it's, it is yeah. part of the responsibility that's on us as believers uh, to be caring for one another, shouldering each other's burdens. And I think for most every person listening to this, uh, they've probably had this done for them in some way, shape, or form mm. um, if they're listening to this. And so there's a piece of it, too, where it's just, it's been given to you. How could, right. you, how could you do anything but mm. try to continue to give it to other people? It just right. means that you might not be totally up to date on the newest Netflix show. Mm-hmm. Or right. you might not <laughs> um, get to have, you know, three nights out at dinner this week, because one of those nights needs to be um, helping helping these people that are two steps behind you think mm. through something or just love on them and care that's for right. them. I mean, mm, it right. doesn't always have to be some crisis. I mean, sometimes it's just getting in the middle of life with them. And But, yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's going to cost you comfort. It's going to cost you time. Um, that's that's all very true. Yeah. I was reading the, a couple of weeks ago in Second Timothy chapter 4. And Second Timothy chapter 4, Paul's telling Timothy, he's commissioning him to build the kingdom. I mean, that's really what he's saying. He's like, man, I'm about to die. I'm in prison. It's about to be over for me. But I'm going to just remind you that this is about building God's kingdom. And it's, it's hard for me, I think. I'll just be vulnerable for a minute and say it's hard for me to not want to build my own kingdom. And so it sounds like to me what, we're, what y'all are talking about and what we're trying to help our men think about is, man, what does it look like for us to build? God's kingdom. And one way for us to do that is to invest in people that are younger than us that have not been where we've been. Um, and so where do we start? How would you encourage us as men? Let's say that I want to build God's kingdom. I want to be, I want to honor God in the work that he's called me to do, but I just don't even know where to start. What would you advise us? Yeah, I mean, I think the first question you got to answer is who's two steps behind you. Yeah. And how do you get in proximity with those people? And so if you're 35 and um, thinking about that question, then who are, who are people in their twenties that, you know, um, that you're getting connected to, that you're getting in proximity with and getting in space with. And then uh, it's not that you're, you're forcing something, but sometimes it's just having a meal with them, having time with them, inviting them over for, That's right. for time. And then just seeing, I mean, none of this is a, Oh, well, you know, this person that you're pouring into, I mean, you're going to spend the next decade of your life yeah. having mm-hmm. them over every month thinking through X, Y, and Z. I mean, that is mm-hmm. one in 2000 that something like that would happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's always going to be seasonal. But so you just have to, you just have to put yourself in play, which means getting in proximity with people that are a few steps behind you. If you're in your twenties, that means you might need to be serving in student ministry because yeah. <laughs> he's two steps behind you, a high That's school right. kid. So yeah. I think you just you have to be strategic about putting yourself in space with with those that are in the next generation compared to you. Yeah. Anything you'd say to that, Matt? Yeah, I mean I agree. I don't think you gotta force anything. I mean, yeah. I think you gotta be um we have people that we've had over to for dinner and is one dinner. Mm-hmm. It's good. And then we've had people that uh, we've had over for dinner and we've been there over four times a year for the last five years. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because when you talk about building into people, it's like, Oh, well I have something to offer. So let me, Mm -hmm. let me build it. I got something for you. And it's not really like that. I feel like God is, God's aware of our intentions. Mm -hmm. And so if there are, if there's something that we need to offer, then usually that person gets put in place if they're receptive and all that stuff, you know? So I would just say, I mean, I would echo what Davis said, you know, kind of be all right. I mean, the church is actually set up, perfectly for this sure i mean 
student ministry is a, is a great example. I mean, and it, here's what I tell you. It does not have to be, I mean, to be honest with you, there, like my son who just went away for the fusion retreat, his leader is my age. He He's not a couple steps ahead of my son. He's decades ahead of my son. But he's a different voice than I am. Yeah. Right. And I'm super thankful for him. So my son has come home from this retreat, retreat and told me several things that his leader has told him. And I agree with all of it. You know, everything you said, I was like, yeah, and I've said that to you, but you heard it from a different voice and it's great. Yeah. And so, um, I would say it doesn't even have to be that way. It just needs to be, you need to be figuring out what you have to offer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I think saying the the piece about serving is just, first of all, if a man's serving and you're listening to this and you're serving, then just who are people that you're serving with that you could, man, just connect with, ask them to come over and eat. No doubt. But if you're not serving, like maybe student ministry might be a place to start, right? Maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's just somewhere serving in general. Yeah. So that's good. That's good word. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there's so much to be said also about, um, you, you're not having to have all the right words and do all yeah. the right things, simply modeling your life mm-hmm. as a maturing disciple yeah. is powerful to the people around you. Like yeah, if you're good. mindful of that and you're engaging them to, to show true. them. Yeah. In humility. I think right. that's what I'm hearing is right. that yeah. it's not about we are bringing something to the table, but we're there that's to right. serve yeah. people right. and almost just, man, listen, I mean, I know a ton of guys that are younger than me. And so to me, I feel like what I just need to do is just ask them out to go to dinner. Yeah. You know? Hey man, come over to our house, bring your wife, man. Love to have you guys over just getting to know y'all. And I mean, that's pretty Easy. It's very easy. <laughs> you got to eat. Yeah, you got to eat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So At some on. point. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a picture that you could cultivate our imagination a bit around men that, like, you've you've gone through this, Davis. But well, what does this look like when we do this over and over and over again and we get good at it? Like, what happens? What, what are kind of men that we see? I don't know if you ever get good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, one going back to what you were saying earlier, I mean, there's a piece of humility because if you are trying to build your own kingdom, if it is about you trying to offer something, yeah. God is going to humble you quick around yes. that because there are plenty of times where um, you don't have anything to offer. Mm-hmm. And not even do you not have anything to offer, sometimes you do more harm than good mm-hmm. is what it feels like. Um, and so there's no doubt that um, that stuff gets worked out mm-hmm. um, and it continues to get worked out is the longer you do it. Um, but I think that, you know, for me, I just, I'm a product of it. So it's not hard for me mm-hmm. um, to understand even some of the, some of the big picture pieces of all of it. And then my wife grew up in a, in a, in a world where this was not uncommon for them to have young people living with them mm-hmm. and um, who were trying to figure out different parts of life. And so for both of us, we, uh, we just feel real clear on the value of it to where she was asking me last night, hey, there's this uh, there's this girl that is about to have a few months where um, she just needs to live somewhere and she um, could maybe use our help on some things. And I'm like, hmm, we currently don't have a guest room. We don't, I mean, I'm like, is there any way this could work? And to be honest, there's probably not a way that it could work right now logistically. Yeah. But the fact that that's a conversation that we're yeah. always having yeah. is, is because we're a product of people doing this for us. And so there's just, there's no question about the value for us. Um, and then I'm encouraged by the fact that people that have done it for me, I'm watching them continue to do it for other people like Matt Kelly. Yeah. And um, all of that is just a, is for me, I mean, that is, that is one of the pictures for me is, is just seeing some of those men that have done it. But then I see 
I see plenty of people that are leading in student ministry, plenty of people that are hosting um, yeah. interns over the summer mm-hmm. where they are, they are doing this work. And I mean, the number of, I mean, we did, we stumbled into the host family idea a long time ago, but the number of families that have been doing it for five, six, seven, eight years in a row mm-hmm. um, because they have already experienced the value for their own families uh, is it's just astounding because yeah. they, mm-hmm. they really get nothing out of it other than, um, other than just the benefit of getting to be in space with, with a college student every summer mm-hmm. um, and sacrificing all of the comfort that comes along with mm-hmm. having some random person that you do not know come and live in your house for That's 11 right. weeks. That's uh, right. Uh, but That's all right. of them really do operate as examples to me of, okay, so there's over the long haul, there really is value in all of this. So there's a generational benefit, mm-hmm. you know, one generation after another doing this is mm-hmm. equipping our people to get involved in each other's life, meet their needs help them grow in their relationship with Christ. And that's what we get to see when this happens, mm-hmm. um, the way that God would probably want us to do it. So that's good. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you guys would want to share as we close? Just to reiterate what you just said, there's this, there's this generational progress piece that I feel just real passionate about that. Um, all we're doing is trying to take what those before us have done mm-hmm. and take it a little bit farther. And that's, that's all this is. And so I'm grateful for, the generation before me that is is carrying me to a point that they're carrying me, yeah. but I'm not confused about the responsibility that I have to now try to carry people even just a little bit farther. Yeah, that's good. And so I'm grateful for our church's mindset around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the one thing is we're we're giving you a real positive spin on it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hard work, and um, it doesn't always go well. And so, you know, you can say, hey, well, I'm building in and God's relationship and these people in my home, man. It, and a lot of people, I mean, I think it's what David said a minute ago. There's humility on both sides. There has mm-hmm. to be a humility to receive, but there's also got to be a humility to give out that says, hey, I'm going to tell you this. I could be wrong. I don't know if what I'm seeing is right or wrong, but I feel like I have an obligation to tell you. Yeah. And then that person be like, nah, that's actually not true about me. Be like, okay. So, I mean, but I can tell you, I've, as, as the 15 success stories of all this is where we've had people in our church, there's also the three that did not go well. Yeah. <laughs> and so it that it's a very real deal that it's not all about, yeah, man, we it's a great mentor relationship. We spent all this time together and we're lifelong friends. I mean, it doesn't always work out that way, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's part of it. And I think that's part of um I think that's just part of the process. Yeah. So don't get discouraged. Lean into it. Yeah. You're obligated to carry out your mission of what mm-hmm. God's called you to do with that stuff. How people receive it, you cannot dictate how people receive things mm-hmm. a lot of times. And so it doesn't mean that you that absolves you from being faithful to what we're called to do yeah. in in leading through this. You know? Yeah. Something I do I do think as we close that I think it'd be good for our men to hear is you know every generation looks at generations after them and can kind of poke and and say oh that's that's terrible that they think that way or act that way but but there's some real things that we need to pay attention to in each generation in order to be able to connect with them and have any kind of influence so what what have you seen that would be real helpful for a man i'm i'm just thinking a couple of key things that you've seen in this generation this next generation that we're trying to reach that would be helpful for men to keep in mind as they're pursuing these relationships yeah, that's and a great connections. 
they do not view the world the same way that you do. I mean, that oh. is so true that you unpack that. that. What do you mean by that? Um, yeah. I mean, I it agree. just the generational change. I mean, to me, it feels like everything is just um, accelerating and some who knows, who knows what all that is. We could get into the That's psychology, right. sociology yeah. of all that, but by no means am I an expert, but, um, but yeah, I mean, just a, a lot has changed about how we view the world. I mean, so when, could you give us an example of the way that maybe I view the world and the way maybe another, a, the young, a younger generation views the world around an idea? Maybe about local church or about work or about relationships or yeah, relationship. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, the world for, um, for the next generation has expanded. And so they've come Mm -hmm. at a time where, you know, the internet and smartphones have kind of put the world at their fingertips. And so the expectation would be that, um, oh, well, I can go change the world or I can, um, I can do something big and meaningful and important because, um, that's, that's the kind of opportunity that is at our fingertips. And a lot of what, um, which I think that's something that we probably have to work on, but I think understanding it is helpful because part of what, part of what we try to help our interns and residents understand mm-hmm. is that, um, no, actually the responsibility is to just have a, have a small life mm-hmm. where you're, um, you're compelling in these areas for the things that you're responsible for, for the small sphere of influence. And it's okay to be in obscurity. You don't have to go um, be a big deal or solve all these world's problems. Because if you humble yourself and are good to just figure out how to provide for yourself and for other people, then God will exalt you at the right time. Mm -hmm. And you see it time and time again in scripture. Uh, You see it with David. You see it with, um, you see it with Paul. You see it with Jesus. I mean, there are tons of examples of just, Hey, Go and go and do the work that's in front of you, and then over time, God is going to, to to work out whatever He needs to work out and give you the responsibility He needs you to have. But I think there's a pretty big difference between that and then even like a a, a Gen X view of just like you just you go and work hard because yeah. your parents were born in the Depression, and so <laughs> that means that you're gonna learn how to save money and figure out how to just go work hard and make a way for yourself. I mean, there's just, there are differences like that mm. in how they view the world. And I think some of that we can help think better, but some of it is you just have to learn how to, how to interact with a group of people that mm. grew up with an iPhone in their pocket. Yeah. That makes it's sense. Very different. Yeah. Cause the temptation is to look at all of that, all those differences and assume that, well, I need to, I need to break all that down in their life mm-hmm. rather than let me actually empathetically connect with them build relationship and learn where I need to actually speak in. Yeah. And how to speak in. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a big thing that I've learned is that the kind of work that was done with me, that was real helpful to me, which was blunt honesty of, Hey, this is where you are being dumb. And this is, this is where all this is going to blow up on you. Like all of that really helped me. And none of that was complicated for me to take and then respond to. Um, But a lot of the a lot of the interns that we're getting now that just that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. If you want somebody to hear and understand, you can't be you can't be that blunt. Not, I mean, you can't be that that level of um, rough edges. You know, whatever, however you want to say that. And so, getting more artful and um, helping people understand. No, I really do care about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, this is what I've seen. And it's not just a hey, that's dumb. Stop doing that. Which mm-hmm. is what worked for me. Yeah. But that doesn't work anymore. So you mm-hmm. have to learn to adapt. Mm-hmm. And, what worked for you won't work for other people always. So what are one or two practical ways that we could be better at caring for the next generation? 
I think you have to get good at listening. Okay. Mm. Steve Sample calls it artful listening. Artful. But it's, I was going to say artful yeah. listening. Um, but, yeah, you have to be able to to hear what people are actually saying mm-hmm. and then um, reserve judgment. You can't jump. You can't jump to conclusions as you're listening to people, and you can't put them in a box that seems to make sense in your brain. You really do just have to have to consider what they're saying. And if you can do that well, then that's going to – that's going to help you immensely. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, I feel like you, if you are going to work with something like this, you, you've got to know what's going on. You can't be ignorant of, like if they're talking to you about something that's going on, you got to understand all these people that are raised by their culture. For the most part, they're just, they're swimming in it. And so if you, if they're talking to you about something and you don't know what they're talking about, then you can just say, you know, I don't know what that is. But I, if before you met with them next time, you probably need to go a do a little bit of research right. <laughs> and figure out what it is they're talking about. So you can have an educated conversation with them and lead them in the direct, lead them in the correct way. Cause their thinking might not be bad or their thinking might be very bad and driven by the culture. And that's where you get to redirect and correct, you know? Yeah, that's good. Uh, and just being aware of what's, of what is happening. You know, you got to, you got to see with what's happening on that. So that's yeah. Good. Cause that helps you ask, Thoughtful questions. I mean, absolutely. I mean, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when we got a bunch of applications in the summer, we we had one person mention something about anxiety. I was like, hmm, anxiety. That's interesting. And then about three years later, about seven of them. And then about two years later, half of them. And then a year later, almost every single one of them. Mm. So then we're like, whoa, something's happening in our culture. Yeah. That was, you know, eight years ago that that was starting to shift. And so like, hey, we need to know this is going on. Like this is this is telling us something about this generation that's being what's being brought up. You've got to be aware. You can't just turn your back to that stuff. You got to be aware because that that's who you're interacting with and how do you lead that person? It doesn't necessarily mean that they're at this just might just be that might just be a product of what they're growing up in. We got to figure out how to lead them through that, you mm-hmm. know. But then we got to know how to speak to that too and not just shun, mm-hmm. you know. But lead through, um, lead through it. That's good. Yeah, I think there's a context. We've got to understand the people's context and where they come from, and that takes a lot of time. You have to ask a lot of questions. You know, I don't know where you grew up and what you went through with your parents and what kind of school you went to and what kind of fears you have. And you can't just get all that in one even night of a dinner, you know. Well, and I can go ahead and tell you, man, all day ain't on you, too. Yeah, right. That's the other thing, man. Because like if if there's got to be honesty on both sides because you can get all the way through something and then find out something where somebody you're working with hasn't told you yeah. the whole truth and you're like, Well, that would have been good to know. Yeah. We would have if we'd have known that at the beginning, that yeah. could have really helped us shepherd you in a different way than we'd have known. That's good. So. Well, help us land the plane on this, guys. Tell us in the next thirty days, if you're gonna give us a goal to get involved in discipling the next generation, helping be a part of the change that God is doing in our life through others, what would be one thing or two things that you would want us to focus on the next 30 days? So I think if you're not serving, then you've got to start serving somewhere. Yep. Put yourself in a, in a place to be in proximity with people that are um, behind you, that you can um, then begin to put some of these ideas into play. Um, and then if you are, I think you just have to start um, being thoughtful, looking around who 
who's somebody that um, who's somebody that I can get some intentional time with or start mm-hmm. asking some questions to, and you just have to do it. Yeah, you have to go and initiate a conversation and go win with your wife that hey, we're gonna have these people over for dinner. No, we don't know them. Yeah, and we're gonna get to know them. And it's gonna be great. And I know we're not that relational, but we just got to figure it out. Yeah, uh, but I think those would be two for sure steps in the next thirty days. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think both those very strongly. I think the other thing is, um, you really, you really ought to pray and ask God which, like, where do you need to move on all that? Mm-hmm. Like, because you might be thinking, well, this is what I'd like to do, and he he might seriously direct you in a different di- direction. He might just push you in a different way. Yeah. And so I do think when you pray and then you start looking at your surroundings, God usually starts steering you a certain way sure if you're honestly saying i want to do what you want me to do yeah he i haven't seen him not give direction either subtly or very clearly and it'd be and it'd be something like oh well this keeps coming up over the last two months so obviously that's probably where i need to move or oh this i keep running into this person or hey I, they sit behind me every day at church or we work next to each other and he asked me four questions about this the other day mm. so let's figure out how how this all works you know um, I would just say, ask God about where you need to move and then listen to what he's telling you, mm-hmm. you know, that's good. That's good. Well, guys, we're really grateful for y'all and just sharing some thoughts. I think yeah. this has been really good. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, we want to thank you for joining us. If you know a man that would benefit from hearing this episode, share it with him. Having intentional conversations around these principles is a great way to start a discipleship conversation and move towards Christ. If you'd like to continue digging into this topic, we have some resources that will help you take some next steps. So check out our Men at Grace podcast page at gracechurchsc.org forward slash men at grace. On this page, you can access a summary and group leader questions to discuss with other men. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today and we look forward to joining you on the next episode.